This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Batches, I don't have to show you any stinking batches. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. I'm alive! I'm alive! (laughs) Welcome everybody, Thursday for the Chris Salcedo Show. Feeling much better. For those of you on Facebook Live, by the way, we are uh, just coming on board on the the Blaze presence on Facebook. I, I've been out for the last couple of days. I got a cold. Well, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you about it in a minute. I think it was just a cold. This one. This one walloped me. Let me get you the information. How to get in touch with the uh, Chris Salcedo Show? Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. That is uh, the telephone number to the Chris Salcedo Show and all the fine programming here at the Blaze Radio Network. Catching this show live, all the shows actually, on theblaze.com slash radio. Not one, but two smartphone apps that you can avail yourself of. The Blaze Radio smartphone app, which is completely revamped, completely redone. So if you haven't seen it lately or thought about downloading, you might as well download it now. Also, the iHeart Radio app. SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. All of those services are available for you for on-demand listening for the show and other shows here on the Blaze Radio Network. Make sure you check us out. Social media, we have a presence there as well. On Facebook, The Chris Salcedo Show. Also, we have a presence at least once a week here on The Blaze page on Facebook. Speaking of The Blaze page, just theblaze.com, which we mentioned on the radio side, but there's also a channel section I want you to check out where you can find The Chris Salcedo Show. You just go to uh, theblaze.com and then find the channel tab and then click on that and then find The Chris Salcedo Show and boom, you've got us. And uh, let's see, I got everything except for, ah, Twitter, Twitter, at Chris Salcedo TX, at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X, as in Texas. So make sure you find us in all of those areas. We're not keeping it a secret. By the way, all you folks on Facebook Live, you guys notice a little bit of a staging difference here and how we're doing Facebook Live. Hope you like it. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, let me know what you think. Uh, I've debated whether or not I was going to address this, but I'll let me just put this to bed because A, I don't know anything and and B, if I did, I couldn't say anything. (laughs) But I can tell you, honestly, I don't know a gosh blessed thing. Every single time we've been putting up Facebook Live for the last couple of weeks, there have been comments and it's not a secret to anybody about about Tommy, my pal uh, Tommy. And I I just, folks, don't know anything. Don't know anything. And even if I even if I could or, or I did, I couldn't say anything. So sorry. 
hate, hate disappoint you. Now, what I can say something is about is what's going on over at over at Fox with a Bill O'Reilly. I and not that I have firsthand knowledge with what goes on over at Fox. I, I've I've been on over there. Uh, I've been treated great every single time I I showed up there. Now, granted, it was on Megyn Kelly's show, and none of the other shows have called. But Hope Springs Eternal. But uh, as far as what goes on with with, with Bill O'Reilly or Roger Ailes, I have secondhand information because I have friends who work there or worked there. So we'll get into that uh, probably uh, after we get into the break here. And we'll, uh, it's big news. For, love him or hate him, for better or for worse, Bill O'Reilly changed television. Bill O'Reilly, 21 years, riding high, right there at the tippy top. It's just not done. It's just not done. The O'Reilly factor changed television. Again, for better or for worse, I think it on on balance, it's for the better. He was the face of Fox News. And then what is the future of Fox News? I have a couple of ideas about that as well. And, and concerns, to be quite frank. It may be, folks, the Blaze Television and the Blaze Radio may be, after a short time, the only place where conservatives and Republicans aren't treated as pariahs. I mean, you all know about the rest of the basket of biased press. You guys know it's it's very hard for a Republican or a conservative to get a fair shake on the vast majority of the basket of biased press, the what I call the Brian Williams press. And I have some serious concerns that Fox News is is because of what's going on at the top over there that Fox News will be relegated to just another one of these left-wing outlets with left-wing bias right there on their sleeves. It's a concern I have, and I'll explain all of that probably in the second break. I wanted to start off today talking about the Democrats' policies and how they are demonstrated failures. Now, you have the last eight years of resident Obama to, to basically inform you on how just catastrophic the Democrat policies have been. They're weak on foreign policy, weak on national security, weak on fiscal matters, and weak doesn't even bother, doesn't even cover the whole, the whole gamut. It's just, it's all of those issues governed by emotion and by cronyism, not by what's best for the country or not what would reach a successful outcome. Successful for everybody. Not just Democrats, not just liberal extremists, not just cronies. But it's not only in our own backyard where the Democrats' policies are demonstrated failures. Let me take you uh, to the UK Guardian, which is a left-wing publication. I have to warn you all. And I am reading from uh, a story that has not gotten a lot of press. And there's a good reason why. Because those at NBC, those at ABC, those at CBS, those at CNN... They know and understand that the policies of the individuals, that the vast majority of people who populate those so-called news organizations, the policies they support are demonstrated failures here, where I'm about ready to tell you. And that's the reason why they won't cover it. They're, they are desperately afraid that you're going to connect the dots, and we'll connect the dots for you. Let me just read a couple of stanzas. Again, left-wing publication, but they couldn't hide it. You know, you guys want to see the definition of a real mega march? It's not this left-wing astroturf that you've been seeing 
throughout you know cities demanding Donald Trump's tax returns or that no 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 that those aren't mega marches. All of these pro illegal alien uh, marches you're seeing through many of the streets in in the United States those aren't mega marches. What you saw on the streets of Venezuela in the capital of Caracas those are mega marches. That's a population of people who are so destitute and so poor, courtesy of Democrat policies. They can't feed their families. They can't keep, they can't keep their kids from dying from infection because there's no medicine. They can't keep basics like milk and bread on the, on the shelves because socialism, everywhere it's tried, fails. So long as your, your bar is prosperity, liberty, and freedom. Now, it's a look, socialism is a wild success for Senor Maduro, who is the leftist who took over uh, for the dictator, Cesar, uh, or not Cesar Chavez, might as well be Cesar Chavez, Hugo Chavez. Hugo Chavez. At least three people have been killed and dozens injured in Venezuela as street battles erupted alongside a mass anti-government demonstration that opposition billed as the mother of all marches. And it was. And it was. Now, notice they, they classify all of these people as anti-government. Well, they're, they're anti-socialists who have taken over that government. The Maduro government doesn't even adhere to their constitution. Sound familiar? I, <laughs> we have a political party here in the United States of America dedicated now, dedicated now in the wake of President Obama to violating the Constitution as a matter of course. If they win, if the Democrats win, folks, this is what will happen to the United States of America. Venezuela is home of the largest proven oil reserve. It is, they, they should be overflowing with prosperity. And at one time, before socialism took root, they were. Not anymore. Hillary Clinton's ideology won out. Bernie Sanders' ideology won out. Barack Obama's ideology won out on full display. You're not going to see it on CNN. You're not going to see it on ABC, NBC, and CBS, the basket of biased press. I'm going to tell you about it, and you go out and find it yourself. Even the liberal UK Guardian. Well, they see, liberals have already won over in the UK. So they don't mind telling you the truth now. The liberals haven't been able to snow you enough over here in the United States of America. And as a matter of fact, the election of, of Donald Trump, they have a major setback despite the left-wing press and their bias. But at any rate, 17-year-old boy was fatally shot in the head in a neighborhood of Caracas, while several hours later a woman was killed in gunfire during a rally in the uh, Andean state of Tachira near the Colombian border. The entire country is suffering under the yoke of the equivalent of the Democrat Party. This is why the Democrat Party in its current state should never win another election. This is why the Democrat Party, all of its energy is with these leftists who sing the praises of the self-avowed socialist Bernie Sanders. This is where they lead. Nowhere good. And this is why they need to be defeated. There is, I'm going to play a soundbite for you, and I can't even believe I'm going to, I'm going to play this. 
the current state of the Democrat Party, the libs are waking up. And the racist, uh, Jew-hating congressman by the name of Keith Ellison, he jumps on, I don't even remember the hell he was, he's talking about who is to blame for the current state of the Democrat Party, which, by the way, folks, Democrat Party is, is in the wilderness. They're not even a national party anymore. Thank God. But listen to Keith Ellison. Who he, Now, remember, it was the Russians... Uh, it was uh, uh, fake news. All these, all of these issues they were blaming everybody except for Hillary Clinton. Everybody except for their own policies, which were backward and anti-American by definition. Now listen to who Keith Ellison is blaming. Barack Obama could have been a better party leader. And I think that the fact that he um, wasn't... Uh, has put his legacy in jeopardy. We lost a lot of state house seats, governorships, secretaries of states. His true legacy is in danger, and I think that he can't say that it wasn't he wasn't part of those losses. I mean, who else? Now the racist Jew-hating congressman is on to something. He just hasn't gone a step further as to define it wasn't just Barack Obama. I mean, Barack Obama as a person charismatically, nice guy. Like to sit down and have a beer with Barack Obama. Uh, back in his early days, Barack Obama, big druggie. A lot of a lot of liberals out there would love to do drugs with Barack Obama. But uh, hey, he wrote about it in his memoir. Don't don't bash me for it. But Keith Ellison needs to stumble on to why Barack Obama did this to the Democrat Party and how. We'll get into that on the other side of the break, and we'll address the O'Reilly factor coming up. The Chris Salcedo Show here on the Blaze. <laughs> Reminding America that limited constitutional government is cool. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Salcedo. Yeah, uh, Eli Lake, too, folks, it was on uh, Fox News Channel and talking about the future of the Democrat Party. And uh, here, here's what Eli had to say about uh, where the Democrat Party is and its future. If the Democratic Party becomes the party of safe spaces and political correctness, then it's going to be very difficult for them to have a mainstream national message. They don't have one. Their, their mainstream national message now is we shout down conservatives and prevent free speech. Ann Coulter was banned from Berkeley. You know what? While I'm, while I'm thinking about Berkeley, Berkeley needs to be defunded tomorrow. No, none of my taxpayer money pays should be going to intolerance. And if you are intolerant of differing points of view, you don't deserve taxpayer money. Period. End of sentence. Period. End of sentence. 
Conservatism is not racism as much as the left wing would like to make it so. It is not. So um, I'm with Eli Lake, uh, but this is where the Democrat Party is going to. This is where all the energy of the Democrat Party is. It's with these leftists. It's with these Marxists who are on college campuses. Um, uh, Antifa, which is short for anti-fascist, they're just they, they themselves are liberal fascists, and they and they silence their political opposition with the allegation that oh, it's just so hateful. So that means I get to try. You know what? Popular speech needs no protection. Unpopular speech does. Remember, remember the very American axioms that Antifa, which, by the way, is an import from the UK. Uh, remember the axiom, I may not agree with what you say, but I will fight to the death for your right to say it. And that goes for libs, too. I don't want to silence libs. Hell, I have a lot of fun debunking them, showing where their policies go, i.e. Venezuela. I love it. I thrive on it. They don't want to debate us anymore because they can't win on the merits. And in a weird sense, there's this dynamic that I think Trump creates, which is that it infuriates the base of the Democratic Party. That becomes in some ways the message. And you hear things that are not going to resonate with most Americans. So it's kind of this weird double effect. But at the same time, if Trump wants to be a successful president, he absolutely needs to find a way to work with Democrats, too, because he's going to have problems with his own conservative base. Well, and also the Democrats, Dianne Feinstein found this out. Many of the Democrats are not even ideologically in the same universe as many of these Antifa left-wing extremists on college campuses. And many of the Democrats, they want to save the country. See, there's the Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders folks who want to burn down the country and sell out to these crazies just so they can live high on the hog and have a great life. Hell, Bernie Sanders is, what, mid-70s? Elizabeth Warren, some people just like to watch the world burn. Uh, but there are some other Democrats who are going, man, what have we done? What have we, We've created this entire generation of individuals who believe they have a right to go around not being offended. It's craziness. Absolute craziness. Now, uh, this hot off the press, Sarah Gonzalez here at The Blaze, writes the following, Fox News is reportedly paying... Released longtime host, and they're not saying fired. Uh, released longtime host Bill O'Reilly, tens of millions of dollars, several close sources told CNN Money. It's a staggering amount, one source said. According to CNN, another source gave the specific amount of the alleged payout, an astonishing 25 million bucks. Now, look, the guy just resigned months ago. And as we said, Bill O'Reilly going out the top of his game, he's, he's, the, the most the highest rated cable news program and the the way this all went down it was a, a hit piece in the New York Times that drudged up a lot of uh, of old lawsuits I mean Bill O'Reilly's been on the air 21 years at Fox and in that through that course of that time there have been some lawsuits that have been settled I think it was what 13 million 15 million bucks somewhere in there it's being rumored that O'Reilly himself, by himself, brings $100 million into the news channel every year. $100 million. So you can see why 
uh, these, the money was paid and the non-disclosure agreements were signed because Bill O'Reilly was a juggernaut. And maybe, maybe some of these things happened uh, earlier on in his career and maybe as he got older and wiser, maybe uh, they, they tapered off. I have no idea. What I can tell you is uh, there are some folks that I, I know personally who, who had some dealings with Roger Ailes and the rumor mill around Fox was was all about what was going on with Mr. O'Reilly. I don't know if any of it is, I don't know if any of it's true, but what really did O'Reilly in was, I think it was something like 30 sponsors saying, bye-bye, and when the money left, so too did Bill O'Reilly. Back in a minute, folks, we'll talk more about this. The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, some breaking news to get to, folks. By the way, in case you're missing the flip around, don't worry, we're going to get to that top of the second hour because of Facebook Live. We decided it uh, we on Facebook Live days we weren't going to lead off with a flip around uh, because uh, we wanted to be courteous. Didn't, didn't want the the Facebook audience to, to say, well, 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 what, what, what are the, what, you know, what's going on on TV? I can hear the voices, I can't see the TV. So we wanted to to basically change that around only on Facebook Live days. Uh, breaking news right now in France, Champs-Élysées is where this is all going down. A police officer has been shot and killed. I'm looking at, well, Fox, CNN, MSNBS, and none of them are talking about possible terror, terror ties to this, which probably indicates there are possible terror ties to this. <laughs> it is, I think it was Sebastian Gorka, couple of weeks ago was just lamenting every it's it's kind of a joke every single time the reportage avoids with a passion the fact that it could be radicalized islamic fundamentalist terrorism responsible you pretty much are guaranteed that it was radicalized islamic fundamentalist terrorism if it does end up to be uh, end up being a jihadi marine le pen who is running for the presidency over there is going to have a field day with this it would bolster uh, she she is what passes for a conservative over in france and that that is going to bolster her, what many view as common sense immigration policies, not opening up your door to every refugee from the Middle East without vetting them. And not insisting on assimilation to becoming French. So that's uh, that's one bit of breaking news. Also, courtesy of, who's putting this out? The Daily Caller. Looks like uh, one of Bill O'Reilly's accusers has come out. On the view, I don't remember this lady, Pergita, Pergita Burgess, but apparently she worked at the news channel and she was flanked by her attorney, Lisa Bloom, and Whoopi Goldberg uh, wanted some information. Um, I was working at Fox temporarily and um, I was working with a colleague of Mr. O'Reilly's and um, when I worked there, you know, everything was fine. Um, Within like the first week and a half of me working there, he walked, he always walked past my desk um, and he made like a grunting noise, which, you know, I, 
Oh, like that. Yes. Oh. And... Fascinating. A grunting noise, you say. He made the noise. I just, you know, I thought maybe he had a muscle spasm. Um, Acid reflux. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But as time went on, I noticed every time he walked past my desk, if no one was around, mm-hmm. he would make that noise. Oh. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm, mm. He wasn't speaking to me. It wasn't like he was saying hi. Everyone else said hi to me where I sat. Um, so, you know, I just took it as, you know, it was, it was embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the woman who alleged that Bill O'Reilly had referred to her as hot chocolate. Now, she is a black woman. My question about about this, and everybody's incensed about this revelation. Of course, of course, it's it's, it's one it's an allegation. Nothing's been proven. But when Democrat Ray Nagin called New Orleans a chocolate city, uh, liberals didn't get upset about that. Uh, liberals said, "Of course, it's going. Of course, it's going to be a it's going to be a chocolate city." That's okay when a liberal extremist uses that term. But uh, if uh, Bill O'Reilly says hot chocolate. Well, that's uh, that's something else altogether different. Uh, there is, of course, a move by Fox's competition to capitalize on what's going on. Uh, this happened yesterday. So even during those early years, you know, when you were on O'Reilly's show with her, even though it didn't happen to you, you got you got a vibe, you got a feeling from him. You could there it, it, there were moments that were uncomfortable. I mean, and this is this is what's 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 stunning is now you know we're hearing. Margaret saying this, others are saying this, that there are so many people who experience this, and yet the company did absolutely nothing. That's CNN, of course, looking to capitalize on uh, the exodus of Bill O'Reilly out of Fox News. Uh, This was big news over at CNN uh, yesterday uh, because it's A, it's their competition. B, uh, they they view very much O'Reilly as a very friendly to the president. And of course, whenever they can take some shots at the competition and actually take shots at uh, somebody like O'Reilly, they will do that. And whether it's deserved or not, let's talk more about this. Liz Wolf is the chief editor for Young Voices. It's a nonprofit organization based out of D.C., works with millennial political commentators. Her writing has been published in the Houston Chronicle, Reason, the Daily Beast, USA Today, and the Washington Examiner. Liz, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. Uh, pleasure is all mine. Let's let's talk about from a, a millennial perspective. I mean, I would imagine all of your life, Bill O'Reilly has <laughs> been part of the national discussion, part of the the landscape, if you will, in politics and in and in news and in, in the Fox News Channel. Certainly, uh, what do you think about all this? Absolutely, I think it's it's pretty crazy. It's very unexpected. Um, but I think Fox News certainly needs to be changing their approach a little bit if they really want to reach people in my generation. So I'm hopeful that they'll be taking uh, a better approach uh, in the future. But it's definitely, it's a, it's a really interesting development. It's going to be strange to have Fox News without Bill O'Reilly, right? No, no kidding. And, and, well, you know, a lot of folks observe that there is a power struggle even at the top between the more conservative father, uh, Rupert Murdoch, and his two Democrat donating sons, uh, mm-hmm. and, and that, that Fox News may be destined to become just another left-wing biased outlet. What is your take on that? Well, I'm really hopeful that doesn't happen. I think there's sort of a, a void of truly limited government advancing media out there. And I'm really hopeful that we'll see higher quality um, conservative oriented media that really reaches people. So 
currently. I don't think Fox is necessarily that, necessarily true to those limited government values. But I'm really hopeful. I think that that, that needs to exist, right? As, as a female and as a mm-hmm. millennial, and, and in your generation, I think, is very sensitive to this a lot more than, say, my generation, Generation X, or the previous generation, about, about how women are treated in the marketplace. I, I have uh, connections to Fox News Channel uh, and stories that come out that, that while uh, Roger Ailes, he was also let go from Fox News because of very similar circumstances, um, that he was the boss there and many uh, talented women who were going in to meet with him would comment that they had to wear their short skirts or they had to wear their, their uh, beautiful attire. To Basically what I'm saying is here they played the game knowing that it would find favor with somebody, uh, with Roger Ailes, shall we say, uh, predisposition. Uh, what is your take as a millennial seeing this type of structure, maybe going by the wayside now, where you, know, you had very powerful men in charge and, and uh, batting the eyelashes, if you will, was a way to advance? Well, I mean, it's tough. It's, it's not fully cut and dry, right? Um, I think it's, it's better that we're moving in a direction where that sort of... Um, those sort of tactics to get ahead aren't necessarily needed. Um, but I think it's also, it's challenging, right? Because you're, it's, it's reasonable to use whatever aspects of your personality you can to get ahead. Um, and part of networking is sort of those social skills. Part of getting ahead involves just having a certain charisma. Yet at the same time, I think it's really inappropriate that somebody at such a senior level would be having those sorts of, would be having that reputation uh, where women at his organization feel like they need to impress him in that way by wearing short skirts as opposed to simply by being hilarious and witty and intelligent, which I think is sort of the better direction to, to take that in. Liz Wolf, our guest right now, editor-in-chief for Young Voices. So the future of Fox is definitely up in the air right now with their biggest ratings getter and really the face of Fox has been Bill O'Reilly for all these years. He, he is gone. He wrote a piece recently in the Washington Examiner that, that took on Fox and the commentators on Fox head-on because they seem to have a problem with what, uh, with what uh, a guy named Lamar, uh, I, I don't know who this guy is, He's a, is, is he a rap <laughs> artist, uh, basically calling out uh, the cops in, in, uh, in a BET award uh, uh, ceremony. Describe what, what he did and then the problems you had with Fox's reaction. Yeah, of course. So here's my approach, Chris, in general. I'm a limited government libertarian. I'm really focused on messaging these ideas well because I think they matter so much. Our ideas that conservatives and libertarians share are absolutely winning. I think they're excellent. Um, But I also think that we're sometimes too dismissive of people that critique various aspects of the government because that's a value that I think we should return to, to a degree. So basically, the rapper Kendrick Lamar recently released a new album. Um, And on that album, he samples a Fox News segment where the panelists are critiquing a past performance of the song All Right. This song is about police brutality very overtly, um, and it's about the racial tensions that Kendrick Lamar and friends of his have felt living as black men in America. Um, Of course, a lot of the times when you begin to talk about police brutality or racial tensions, especially people on the right, instantly have these associations with social justice warriors, which I don't think is necessarily, I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole. But I think it's important to think about it with a little bit more of a distance and think, okay, if it's a little foolish of Fox to scoff at Kendrick's use of free speech to critique corrupt government institutions. They're not necessarily all corrupt. I'm not saying that all police departments are bad in any way whatsoever, but I'm saying that it's, 
it's worthwhile to constantly critique any government institution. And the fact that he has a vocal way of doing so should be encouraged a little bit or at least looked closer at. Yeah. As a conservative, I would say that if, if he was if his agenda was truly to be critical of oppressive and overreaching government, I don't think the cops would be my first stop. I think that this, my first stop would be the EPA. My first stop <laughs> would be the corrupt IRS. Uh, oh, my gosh, plenty, me too. Are, yeah, well, there are plenty of other examples. So uh, what, what I guess we conservatives have a problem with is that guys like Mr. Uh, Mr. Lamar here want to paint all cops and all police departments with this police brutality label when, when the statistics uh, basically demonstrate that there are a few bad apples here and there, and those bad apples need to be addressed but painting the entire system of of policing as being uh, as being corrupt, I don't think is actually uh, valid. It, statistically, it's not backed. So I think I take a more moderate approach on this because I actually um, I used to back a while ago Internet Reason Foundation, who does excellent criminal justice work, and something that I really focused on there was this civil asset forfeiture issue and how a lot of police departments are basically able to seize the private property of citizens with very minimal transparency and oversight. And so when I think about corruption in police departments, I don't necessarily only think about, um, you know, police shootings per se. I think about sort of lots and lots of activities um, that they sometimes, not always, uh, do that oftentimes don't have very much oversight. So I, I think it's, it's difficult because people tend to paint this with very broad strokes. And I think a more moderate approach might be smart until there's a little bit more statistical evidence on this. Liz Wolf, everybody. She's the editor-in-chief for Young Voices. Uh, another millennial, which, we, which, by the way, might I say, your generation, the largest generation now in America, fascinates me as a generation Xer. So we're going to have you on, lady. I appreciate uh, the time here on the Chris Salcedo Show. Absolutely. All right, folks, be right back. 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. It's the Salcedo Show on The Blaze. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network. to the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. So it was just another day at the White House yesterday. The press briefing was going on. Well, I shouldn't say it was just another day that the Super Bowl champion, champion New England Patriots were on site to be honored by the President of the United States. And well, there's an opportunity. Can I just... Uh, I think I got this, but thank you. Uh, maybe. All right, thanks, man. I'll see you in a minute. That was uh, tight end the Gronk, Gronkowski from the New England Patriots. And he pokes his head into the, into the White House press brief, right in the middle of the press briefing. And Sean Spicer is, by the way, who I've come to find out is a, a huge New England Patriots fan. So he's given the briefing. He's answering a question, you know, hostile press as, as it normally is. And then here comes Gronk. Uh, tight end extraordinaire for the, for the New England Patriots. Pokes his head in and says, hey, man, can I help you out? <laughs> now, I, who was this earlier today? I think it was um, Ed Henry at Fox was 
saying, you know, he missed a golden opportunity. He should have let Gronk get up there and take and field a few questions from the press. What do you think about North Korea? Nuke him. <laughs> that would have been that would have been great. Anyway, uh, so Sean Spicer is is, is all of a sudden he just has one of his sports heroes poke his head in. And, of course, the press corps. It's one of the lighter moments yesterday. The press corps is, is laughing. Uh, hold on. All right. That was cool. Um, real quick, how do you follow that? Um, I know, no, 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 no kidding. How do you follow that? That, that was cool. That was, that was one of the moments. You know, sometimes we forget these politicos and those we put up in front of in front of the press every single day are actually human beings. And so you could see that he was, you know, just like any one of us who sit in awe of what our professional athletes do on the field at being a Patriots fan. And he was a little taken back. All of a sudden Gronkowski pokes his head around. Hey, you cool? You need some help? He goes, that was cool. So one of, one of the few perks of being White House press secretary, because you are bombarded 24-7, with uh, negativity about you. Well, unless you're a Democrat, then you get uh, then you get thank you letters and love letters from the basket of biased press telling you how wonderful. I mean, I bet, I bet you the easiest job in the world was being resident Obama's press secretary. You only got a, a tough question from one news agency. The rest of them were just all too willing to stick their heads up your rear end every day. Uh, hour two of the Chris Salcedo show. Did I just say that? Coming up, we'll do the flip around. Top of next hour. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Plays. On the Blaze Radio Network. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics. With a side of Latin flair. Badges? I don't have to show you any stinking badges. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Sorry, folks. Having an online conversation. <laughs> and I uh, wanted to uh, make sure I finished typing and then push send. Uh, the debate is school choice. I got a leftist that's... Uh, there's an issue going on with uh, one of the local shows. Well, in Texas, there's a debate about school choice, and some alleged Republicans decided that they would uh, pass an amendment to a budget that prohibits school choice. Republicans prohibiting uh, school choice, prohibiting liberty and freedom. Republicans, and there's a whole ver- there's a host of reasons why, but uh, individual uh, that I'm going back and forth with is a, is a uh, is a committed leftist. So anyway, I wanted to, uh, to get that punch through, and that's a little uh, inside baseball. Right now, Donald Trump is at the White House, and it, part of the flip around, folks, for hour two, this is uh, all the channels are stuck on this right now. Let's uh, listen in. Meeting with uh, the prime minister, there was a shooting in downtown Paris. Uh, it's that. being described as a potential terrorist attack. I wonder if you have something on that. Uh, and further to that, through the big trouble spots that you're dealing with right now, North Korea and Iran, do you believe that the leader of North Korea, Kim Jong-un, is mentally unstable? Is that one of the reasons why you're so concerned about these latest developments? Is he a man who can be reasoned with? 
and on Iran, do you have reason to suspect that they are cheating on the JCPOA? And uh, to Mr. Prime Minister, you talked just a moment ago about your, con your commitment to NATO. President Trump would like to see all NATO members contribute 2% of their GDP to NATO. Your contribution is slightly less than 1%. Will you commit to committing 2% of your GDP to the alliance going forward? Thank you. Well, first of all, I love the question you asked the Prime Minister. I look forward to his answer. Because <laughs> I'm going to be asking him that same question very soon. That's the Italian Prime Minister, folks. Well, first of all, our condolences from our country to the people of France. Again, it's happening, it seems. I just saw it as I was walking in. So that's a terrible thing. And it's a very, very terrible thing that's going on in the world today. But it looks uh, like another terrorist attack. And... Uh, what can you say? It just never ends. We have to be strong and we have to be vigilant, and I've been saying it for a long time. Uh, as far as North Korea is concerned, we are uh, in very good shape. We're building our military rapidly. A lot of things have happened over the last short period of time. I've been here for approximately 91 days. We're doing a lot of work. We're in very good position. Uh, we're going to see what happens. Uh, I can't ask your answer your question on stability. I hope the answer is a positive one, not a negative one. Uh, but uh, hopefully that will be something that gets taken care of. Uh, I have great respect for the president of China. As you know, we had a great summit in Florida and Palm Beach and got to know each other. And I think like each other, I can say from my standpoint, I liked him very much. I respect him very much. And I think he's working very hard. I can say that all of the pundits out there are saying they ne never have seen China work like they're working right now. Many coal ships have set back. Many other things have happened. Uh, some very unusual moves have been made over the last two or three hours. And uh, I really have confidence that the president will try very hard. We don't know whether or not they're able to do that, but I have absolute confidence that he will be trying very, very hard. And one of the reasons that uh, we're talking about trade deals and we're talking about all of the different things, but we're slowing up a little bit. I actually told him, I said, you'll make a much better deal on trade if you get rid of this menace or do something about the menace of North Korea, because that's what it is. It's a menace right now. So we'll see what happens. As far as Iran is concerned, uh, I think they are doing a tremendous disservice to an agreement that was signed. It was a terrible agreement. It shouldn't have been signed. It shouldn't have been negotiated the way it was negotiated. I'm all for agreements, but that was a bad one. As bad as I've ever seen negotiated. Uh, they are not living up to the spirit of the agreement. I can tell you that. And we're analyzing it very, very carefully, and we'll have something to say about it in the not-too-distant future. But Iran has not lived up to the spirit of the agreement. And they have to do that. They have to do that. So we will see what happens. Thank you very much. Mr. President, first of all, allow me to join President Trump's words for what happened in Paris, these uh, 
words of condolences and closeness to the French people. And this is a very delicate, delicate period for them. There's just three days before the election. As far as the question is concerned, the commitment has been made. It was made during the NATO summit. And we are used to respecting our commitments. We know that this will be a gradual process. It has already begun. <laughs> and wait, wait a minute. That's the Italian prime minister saying, yeah, the agreement was made and we've already talked about this. And so it's going to be a gradual process, a gradual process. So you haven't been living. This is we, we pride ourselves in living up to our agreements, but we haven't been doing that. I'm very proud, not only of the progress made by in our financial. Nope commitment, mm -hmm. but also proud of the contribution that we give to the security of the alliance in so many areas of the world. We talked about Iraq and Afghanistan, but we could also talk about uh, the Baltic Sea or the Balkans. And in all of these areas, you will see the presence of Italian forces. Now here, now, uh, folks, this is going to be a rather uneventful flip around because uh, all the major news channels are, are focused on this press conference, this joint press conference with President Trump and the Italian prime minister. So uh, the, the question to, to the Italian prime minister was, hey, do you plan on, on getting up there? You're paying a little over 1% now of your GDP to your nation's defense. Now that, uh, you know, are you going to do that? Well, you know, we pride on keeping up to our commitments, and it's a gradual process. Wait a minute. If you pride yourself on keeping up with your commitments, you should have, when you signed the NATO deal, you should have been keeping up with your commitments this whole time. And one has to wonder why Europe has been allowed to, to fault, default on their commitments. And it's because in the past, the United States has been picking up the slack because of our prosperity, because of our freedom and liberty. Well, we just endured eight years of resident Obama. And resident Obama hampered our economy, hampered our military, hampered our governance, corrupted our government, even more so than it already was. Uh, problems that existed before were turned into full-blown disasters under resident Obama. So Europe was already getting a wake-up call. Hey, America's not, not only are we not going to be there, we can't be there because we've been so weakened from without and within that we can't be there. So you're going to start picking up the picking up a slack on your own. So uh, that that was those were very pointed questions. Mr. Trump was was very non-committal on uh, on what actions and. and See, right now, I know he has a complete repertoire of options when it comes to the Iran nuke deal, when it comes to what's going on over in North Korea. He's just not going to talk about it in the open. A, because he doesn't want to be pinned in. It's something he learned from President Obama. Let me be clear. Here's that red line. And then, of course, they cross it, and then he didn't do anything about it. So he's not going to commit America to something that that he won't be able to deliver on. He's going to make sure he can deliver on it because America lost a lot of credibility with resident Obama at the helm, as you all know, and Trump's not going down that road. Plus he, he kind of looks at this as a, as a, a reflection on him.
personally, he's a very brand-oriented guy. He's not a politician. So you don't want your brand to be untrustworthy. You don't want your brand to say, oh, well, we're going to do something about it and then not do something about it. So he keeps, and his standard default line has been, I'm not going to tell you about our military options. I'm not going to tell you about what breathings I'm getting or troop movements or any of that kind of stuff. That was the last administration. You know, Barack Obama was infamous for letting the terrorists know when America would be leaving. That's not me, says Donald Trump. Uh, before we go to break, let's listen and see if this next question is. Thoughts on a referendum uh, in, in Turkey that occurred last week. Um, you spoke about democratic values in the European continent. So are you concerned with the results of the Turkish referendum? And is that something that you discussed with President Trump? Okay, I want to get both. Are you shocked to hear that? <laughs> and we're doing very well on health care. We'll see what happens. But this is a great bill. There's a great plan. And this will be great health care. All right. He's, he's talking about the, re, the resuscitation of the repeal of Obamacare and the place of Obamacare. But on Erdogan and the vote that was taking place in Turkey, I've been wanting to comment on this, and this, this gave me a perfect opening. Uh, Erdogan is a, is a dictator wannabe. Erdogan is a... Uh, I don't want to say he's a, he's a radicalized fundamentalist. I just... He's more, of a, he's more of a Saddam Hussein type character. And he convinced uh, a lot of his own people that he needs to be given these powers. Dictatorial powers. And it's kind of like Bernie Sanders. And, and folks, the difference between Bernie Sanders and, and Hugo Chavez down in Venezuela is that one just wanted to give you a choice and then once you chose to remove your liberties and freedoms, then they would never give them back. That's, that's what Democrat socialism is. They, 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 they persuade you to vote away your rights and your liberties. And then once, they're, once they've been voted away, they never give them back. And then socialism takes root. Down in, in Venezuela, they just kind of, uh, through a series of, well, there, were, there was some legislation down there but by and large they the, the dictators just chose to ignore the limits on their power and, and same thing with erdogan uh here's a guy that's been voted by his people all of these dictatorial powers basically they voted for a dictator and i have a sneaking suspicion they're going to get it and if that's the case we're going to be trading in a, a, a semi-democratic ally for a strong possibly strong arm adversary Still could be a strong arm ally, depending on which way Turkey goes, but we'll see. Uh, back in a minute, folks. It's the Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Dial in, let it out. 888-900-3393. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On The Blaze Radio Network. You're taking in a little Latin flair with Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. You heard the president make reference to it, the, uh, the shooting in the Champs-Élysées, um, uh, developing one police officer shot, another one was wounded when a gunman opened fire. Paris, uh, P- Paris police spokeswoman uh, Johanna Primavret told the Associated Press that the attacker targeted police. <laughs> targeted police? Hmm. 
guarding the area near the Franklin Roosevelt subway station at the center of the uh, avenue popular with tourists. An eyewitness told Reuters a man got out of a car, began shooting with a Kalishnikov. Police said the officer who was killed was in a car which had been stopped by a red light by the attack had been stopped at a red light by the attacker. Authorities warned people in the heart of the French capital to avoid area, avoid the area after the shooting. Many police vehicles have been seen on the avenue that passes many of the city's most iconic landmarks. No. Now you heard during the course of questioning at this press conference uh, from, I think that was a Fox News reporter. Uh, saying that some are calling this a terrorist attack. No mention in the, in the Associated Press copy that this was a terrorist attack. Three days away from an election there. And this, an incident like this could bolster, if it does turn out to be an attack of a radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorist, could be very influential to the likes of Marine Le Pen, who is trying to stop the rampant and ill-advised admission of folks from the Middle East without assimilation. It's not, it's not advisable at all for the survival of any country to do that. Uh, coming up, we'll talk um, other matters. We have Congressman Brian Babin coming in. He wants to talk with me about what's going on with uh, the Trump Justice Department and so many liberals from the Obama administration have been have gone unpunished for what they did to you and me, for what they did to us. And uh, many are saying it's time that now that we have an actual uh, department that put the justice back in the Justice Department, that these left wingers, these liberals be brought to justice. And we'll talk to Congressman Brian Babin about that. Uh, coming up, by the way, um, there was a there's a report out there that I just found astonishing. Do we mention uh, Ann Coulter already? Ann Coulter being denied um, speech speaking rights over at Berkeley. She's going to show up anyway. I can hardly wait to see what happens with that. But uh, Berkeley, every bit the. Uh, left-wing hell, no diversity of thought whatsoever. Uh, I was sick when Georgia came down, Georgia's sixth, after over eight million bucks and tons of celebrity endorsements. What is that guy's name? Osoff? Osoff, Osoff. Rhymes with. <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, he uh, he didn't, he got 48%. It was close. But no cigar for the Democrats. So they couldn't win it outright. He needed 50 plus one. And some of the celebrities who had personally invested their star power and their and their fortunes into putting this this leftist with unqualified leftist uh, into that seat. uh, They were very upset. Like Alyssa Milano. Alyssa Milano. And I was so disappointed to find out that Alyssa Milano was a flaming lib, anti-American lib. Very disappointed. Anyway, so she tweets after the Democrats' ineffective loss. She tweets, I quote, I want to puke. 
<laughs> that was worth the price of admission right there, wasn't it, folks? So uh, that's that's some very good news. Now, we mentioned um, we mentioned UC Berkeley out in California. They want to deny Ann Coulter speaking rights. How about UC Davis? Same system, same leftist state. Uh, UC Davis student leaders say that the American flag display should be optional at meetings. You know, some people might find the American flag offensive, and you wouldn't want to have that on an American campus now, would you? (laughs) Absolutely crazy. But that's California for you. Uh, The report I was making reference to, folks, that I, I can't believe this is going on, Ellie, do you know what FGM is? No. It's short for female genital mutilation. And this is done in the Islamic community. Some say for religious purposes. And I can't even describe to you what happens here, folks. This is, you're just going to have to look it up because I'm not going to describe it on the radio. I'm just not going to do it. It's that horrific. What they do to these little girls. I can tell you it's with their private parts. And I was shocked to find out. 26 states do not prohibit this action. Female, There's a, there's a doctor out there that's doing this kind of thing that is now being prosecuted. Anybody want to venture a guess which left-wing state does not prohibit FGM, female genital mutilation. Oh yes, California would be one of them. Yes. The war on women. These libs have the the gall to accuse us of conducting a war on women when they look the other way in the face of this barbarism. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo Show. Listen, dial, speak. 888-900-3393. Barack Obama could have been a better party leader. And I think that the fact that he um, wasn't uh, has put his legacy in jeopardy. We lost a lot of state house seats, governorships, secretaries of states. His true legacy is in danger. And I think that he can't say that it wasn't he wasn't part of those losses. I mean... Who else? That's the uh, racist, Jew-hating vice chair of the Democrat Party, Keith Ellison, folks, saying that Barack Obama is responsible for the Democrats' woes and why they can't seem to win anything anymore. Let's talk about this and many other things with our next guest. Congressman Brian Babbitt serves the people of the great state of Texas in the 36th Congressional District, serves on the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee and the House Science, Space, and Technology Committee. Congressman Babbitt, welcome back to the Salcedo Show. Hey, Chris, it's always good to be with you. How are you today? I'm, uh, I am recovering from a nasty cold, sir, but, I'm, but we'll muddle through. Hey, look, uh, what Ellison just said there, uh, did, did he stumble on some truth? I mean, Barack Obama just decimated the Democrat Party, didn't he? Uh, he did. I think, I think Barack Obama is largely to, you know, to, to uh, thank for 
a lot of these overwhelming victories that we've we've had in you know in the last few years. Uh, and uh, of course, he's been absolutely a, a complete disaster for our country. But I think I think Ellison's on to something. I think he's been a disaster for the Democratic Party as well. Yeah, the dirty little secret is that Ellison is is just a carbon copy of Barack Obama ideologically. But he, this leads to a broader point. Now that the Republicans have been given control, it's essential that they start paying attention to all the damage that President Obama did. For example, Susan Rice, you have called and you're requesting the attorney general investigate Susan Rice and what she is alleged to have done, which is unmasking names of American citizens for political purposes. That, that's exactly right. And I think uh, I, I think the more that this came out, the more appalling it was to me and many other Americans, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm old enough to remember Watergate. And uh, this makes Watergate look like a kindergarten prank. Uh, you know, these are uh, th- this is an administration uh, that really was so reckless and out of control for eight long years. And I don't think that they ever anticipated that Hillary Clinton would lose the election to Donald J. Trump. And I think that many of these folks, including Ms. Rice, uh, probably uh, never never thought that, uh, you know, their actions would be exposed and, and scrutinized like this. But nevertheless, this is what's happened. And I think it's absolutely a, a violation of federal uh, uh, federal law uh, that uh, Attorney General Sessions needs to look into very seriously. Uh, and if there's if there's fire behind a lot of this smoke, uh, then he needs to prosecute to the full extent of the law. And I'll tell you, he's I, I saw him on Fox News uh, several weeks ago where he uh, I can't give a, an exact quote, but it was something like leaking has got to stop. It will take some prosecutions and convictions to put an end to it. If that's not exactly word for word, it was exactly what it meant, though. Yeah. Well, let let me ask you this, because, I mean, I I am not naive enough to think that Susan Rice was the only one who was acting outside of the law inside of the Obama administration. Are you convinced there 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 are other folks there like Ben Rhodes, one of the one of the one of the individuals probably most unqualified for his job ever? Uh, do you think that he might also uh, fall under some scrutiny from the uh, Sessions Justice Department? Well, I think they they need to look into everyone who had anything to do with some of these uh, some of these activities uh, because it's uh, you know I, I don't I'm, I'm with you I don't think it was just Susan Rice I think there are many other ones uh, that that could have possibly been involved and probably were uh, but I, I in my letter I said there needs to be a thorough and full investigation, which also needs to be independent. And I say independent investigation because I think the evidence there is that there, some of these responsible parties are still in the federal government uh, as we speak. And so I think it has to be uh, one that will expose these folks. Uh, you know, we keep hearing the, the deep state embedded uh, federal employees. Uh, because there are those out there that absolutely no 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 questions uh, about it are, are trying to subvert uh, the Trump administration, and uh, this is what this is what we need to get to the bottom of. Congressman Brian Babin, my guest right now, thirty sixth congressional district here in the great state of Texas. Uh, many conservatives, me in particular, have a great deal of consternation, great deal of heartburn over Lois Lerner weaponizing the Internal Revenue Service 
and getting away with it. Nobody has been fired. Nobody has been held account to Barack Obama weaponizing that agency and turning it against conservatives. Do you would you also call on the attorney general to reopen that case? Uh, uh, Lois Lerner's lawyers are saying, oh, no, this has already been investigated. She's fine. Nobody buys that because of the corruption that existed inside of the Obama administration. Would you also, Congressman, call on the attorney general to get Lois Lerner's case reopened? You know what, Chris? I will I will do that right at this moment. I call on them to reopen the internal investi- uh, internal revenue service investigation of Lois Lerner and the rest of those folks over there. Uh, and the director Koskinen, I'm, I'm, I'm actually a, a supporter of his impeachment. Uh, I also am calling on the president to really, really think twice about keeping him on at the Internal Revenue Service. And uh, quite frankly, I've had dealings with Mrs. Lerner before. Twenty years ago, I ran for Congress uh, when she was at the Federal Election Commission, and I had some dealings with her there that were not pleasant. She went on to bigger and better things over at the Internal Revenue Service, and uh, now she's enjoying a full pension. Uh, and I have urged uh, many of my colleagues that uh, even before this election, uh, I might add, Chris, I, I urged some of my colleagues, such as uh, Trey Gowdy and uh, uh, Jason Chaffetz and others who are uh, investigating some of these activities, uh, to please, if we uh, get a Republican president, please let's make sure that Mrs. Lerner uh, is is held to account, called to account for her many nefarious activities uh, while she was at the Internal Revenue Service, violating the civil rights and uh, the constitutional rights of conservatives. And yeah, being uh, being liberal ought not me that 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 they would. Yeah, being liberal ought not insulate you from being held accountable for your illegal actions. And let's hope the, tr- the Trump agenda, they have a lot on their plate, but uh, a lot of conservatives don't want to let this one go. Congressman Brian Babin, everybody, 36th Congressional District in the great state of Texas. Sir, always appreciate you carving out time here on The Chris Salcedo Show. You bet, Chris. God bless, my friend, and have a great week. 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. If you want to weigh in on anything, you can jump on Twitter as well. What do you guys think about Lerner? I know that I was... I, the reason why I find her so offensive was she was she was not contrite. Once she was caught, she showed no regret for what she had done she believed she was in the right by utilizing government to target barack obama's political opposition and that never that never sat well with me and as a matter of fact i have been accused of not being able to let barack obama go because here we are two months into the trump administration and well it's time to start Thinking about Trump and examining Trump, which I I don't disagree with that part of the criticism. What I do disagree with is this idea that, oh, well, Barack Obama's no longer in office, so uh, we can just forget about everything he did. To hell with that. I'm sorry, but not even if I tried, I couldn't forget the damage that man did, I believe, with intent to this country. And those who surrounded him, the damage they did to this country intentionally there was nothing you know what the dirty little secret is is the left-wingers know it 
the base of the Democrat Party know it. And deep down inside, they love the fact that despots and dictators could rampage all over the earth and nothing would be done about it. They loved it. They, they love the fact that America's standard, standard of living could be dropping. So we could be just like everybody else. Because they felt this liberal guilt thing. I've never understood it. It's like, why do you need to bring us down? Why don't you bring others up? I've never understood this. So when folks tell me, Chris, come on, man, you, you just gotta, you gotta get on from Obama. I mean, he's not president anymore. Yeah, I understand that. But his legacy, his, his legacy is going to be one that is hellish and damaging. And I, and I believe for years we will see the fallout from this large lurch left, this experiment we, we toyed with going full tilt socialism, going full tilt government control over your life. And we saw the effects. GDP that rarely got above 1%, rarely got above 2%, was somewhere in that 1% to 2% range. Nowhere in the healthy territory. Meanwhile, hell, the communists. China's GDP, and we don't know how much of this is fabricated, but as they experiment with free markets, their economy is going up and up and up and up and up. Meanwhile, we're saddled. We're burdened with uh, un unrepayable debt, unrepayable uh, entitlement programs, unfundable entitlement programs, and then the libs want more. They want more. We we have a record amount of money coming out of the private economy right now, and they and they still spend and they spend and they spend and they want more. And I'm I'm of a mindset. Why don't you prove to me you can handle the money you already got? Try not overspending the money you've already got. Then we'll talk about giving you more if it's justified. See, it's this whole phenomenon of other people's money. And as Margaret Thatcher infamously pointed out and famously pointed out, the problem with socialism, and I would rationalize with Democrat policies so sooner or later you're running out of other people's money and right now the united states is perilously barreling toward that time when we run out of money who's going to pay back the 20 trillion dollars in debt your grandchildren your great-grandchildren it's that steep back in a minute folks it's the chris salcedo show in the blaze Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo. All right, we ran into uh, some some issues while I was while I was away, and a lot of them are right in the liberty loving Latinos wheelhouse, which is this discussion about illegal aliens. 
being uh, being had around the country. I'm not going to be able to get to this full this full piece, but I'll I'll maybe I'll introduce it today and then get to it tomorrow. Fox News Channel talking about California's effort to thumb their nose at federal immigration law. This is about where government should draw the line on deportation. Who stays, who goes, everybody or nobody. All illegals are only criminal aliens. What if you're arrested but released? What if you're charged with a felony but you plead to a misdemeanor? All felony convictions are only violent ones. Well, to victims, it doesn't matter. Yeah, the victims of illegal immigrant criminals, it really doesn't matter. All, All of these questions. Jeff Sessions was in hot water among the liberal left and uh, those who don't know the issue uh, for, for saying that, hey, if you're in the country illegally, you have no right to stay here. There is no constitutional or law-abiding right that you have to stay here. None. Zero. By definition, you're an illegal alien. So if you're caught for whatever reason, we don't need an excuse to deport you. We don't need an excuse. Are we going to go looking for you? Probably not. But we don't need an excuse. If you're illegally, we can, we can send you out of the country simply because you're here illegally. But liberals are, no, they wet, wet their pants. No, no, you can't do that. That's not, that's not who we are. That's not constitutional to help. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So we'll get more into the Fox story tomorrow because it's the victims of this insane policy who suffer the most. Here's Homeland Security Secretary Kelly telling lawmakers, hey, you don't like the laws you passed, then, then change them. Otherwise, well, listen to, listen to the secretary. Lawmakers do not like the laws that we enforce, that we are charged to enforce, that we are sworn to enforce, then they should have the courage and the skill to change those laws. Otherwise, they should shut up and support the men and women on the front lines. Amen. Amen. You folks up in Congress don't like the fact that America is now going to enforce the laws in the books? Then, then get your butts in gear and change the laws. Change the laws. But you don't, get to, you don't get to violate the laws you don't like. Because if that was the case, I could have ignored Obamacare. Saved myself tons of money. America could have saved itself tons of money over these last eight years. Oh, you mean Obamacare was just a suggestion? You mean federal law is just a suggestion? No, it's not. You don't get a choice. So just bear that in mind. You know what? And that, that's a great message from the former General Kelly, now Homeland Security Secretary. To you lawmakers, you don't like it? Get off a stick and change it. Until then, shut up. Remember, everybody, society's worth not measured by how much power is seized by its government, but rather... How much power is reserved for we the people? Catch you tomorrow. It's Friday already. Man, where's the time gone? This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey.